Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and chair of the family law group at Mills and Mills LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week's episode, I'm discussing healing before, during, and after divorce. And I'm really excited to have on the podcast today uh, my guest, whose name is Karen Milan, and she's a healing and transformational coach and the host of her own podcast called The Healing Healing Podcast, which is a place where you learn and get inspired to heal. She's also the author of an, an amazing divorce, What You Can Do For Yourself, for each other, and for the children to achieve it. She's a mother of three girls, ages 16, 14, and 6. Wow, she's got her hands full. Uh, And a really good wife and and ex-wife. She uses her 22-plus years of strategic planning, consulting experience in the business world, with her close to 15 years of healing experience to coach those who want to identify and eliminate emotional roadblocks that are preventing them from living the life they want. The Heal In podcast is the place where you learn and get inspired to heal with over 60 episodes that talk about all the therapeutic and healing modalities like EDMR, cognitive behavioral therapy, somatic experiencing, as well as couples therapy like EFT, Imago, and many more. Karen's goal is to inspire you to heal by understanding how each of these therapies works to help you feel so that you can heal. Her goal is to inspire you to heal by listening to her podcast, watching her YouTube channel, reading her book or blogs, or working one-on-one with her. So welcome to the podcast, Karen. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, And I think this is such an important topic because, you know, divorce, it is so stressful. It is so challenging. It's been shown to be one of life's, you know, most stressful events. Uh, next to death of a spouse. So it's great that you're helping people, um, you know, to get through the healing process. Uh, Why don't I've, you know, told listeners a little bit about you by going through your bio, but why don't you just in your own words, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Thank you, Leanne. I am a businesswoman. I um, had a 22 year career as a startup president of a small company in Toronto and I had married someone I met in business school who um, had everything on the list. And we had a lot of uh, our vision and mission and what we wanted in life and a lot of broad values in common. But um, sadly, we were very, very different as individuals. What we like to do with our free time, our views, our, our love languages. And when I became a mother, I changed so dramatically and my values changed that we, you know, a marriage that was being held together by a common vision kind of started grumbling and we started fighting and we were both unhappy. And uh, I started a healing journey there after I became a mother where I am. you know, started going to therapy and figuring out why I was so unhappy and why I married and, and, and what I could do to save it. We had couples therapy and, uh, you know, we realized that, you know, hitting 40, you know, eight, 10 years ago, um, he wasn't going to change and I wasn't going to change. And I was just unhappy and Leanne out of the blue without ever planning it, without ever envisioning it, both of us without ever being disloyal. I was at a, at a business conference and I met a person who 
showed me that there was someone out there that could make me very happy. So I came home to Toronto the next day and I called my marriage quits. And I, um, I was extremely honest and open with my husband at the time. And I put healing into turbo where I started doing twice a week uh, therapy with a therapy called EMDR. And due to that healing journey, I was able to achieve an amazing divorce from day one. From, you know, the initial three weeks obviously was were very painful and uh, difficult. But after that, we were walking the kids to school together, enjoying weekends together. Uh, when he moved out of the home, we started having Wednesday dinner times at his house and cooking competitions and wow, cottage, and we started going on the cottage together. And then he, about four months later, he met the guy I had left him for and they became best friends. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> yeah, so we've had a really loving, very amicable, amazing divorce, as divorce as traumatic as it is. And so I left the company I was working at at the time that was also traumatic and I wasn't very happy with my partner. And I revamped my entire life and I um, made it, uh, you know, my mission to inspire the world to heal so that they can be more aware and present and, and divorce more amicably and be happy, which is what matters. Wow, that's an amazing story. Uh, you know, that really is. Uh, and the fact that you're all amicable, it, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be asking you how you managed to do that because um you know especially given the situation as it was for your you know current partner and your ex to actually be be friends is really impressive and really amazing so maybe i'll just go right into that now what what's the secret behind how you've all been able to be so amicable well um what i talk about in the book the first chapter Leanne, in my opinion is to honor the grieving process you know i think that um, since I've become a coach and with a lot of different clients and friends, I think we tend to be survivors because humans are survivors and we're adaptable. A lot of us get divorced or go through a really hard time and they just brave it and they either celebrate or they numb the emotions with parties and alcohol and rebounds. And, and we honor the grieving process. I remember you know, taking the time and it was about two months where all we did was cry and feel sad and talk about it. And so I remember and going to therapy really helped because we were processing all those emotions. And I was while my ex-husband was still at the house, we used every single night to talk. And I remember there was a point that it was like seven nights in a row till 3 a.m. in the morning kind of re-explaining and explaining what had happened and what was the breakdown and how we both felt. And so we felt that there was nothing left to be said and everything was explained and understood. And at the same time, I really allowed the kids to cry and to feel sad and to be there for them. So when you honor the grieving process and you get all that sadness out and the emotions out, um, you know, it, 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 you let go so much that that it, it you're like okay i'm done and when you're healing at the same time with a professional you're incredibly aware of how you're feeling and you're also 
looking at what your part is. So if my part was 10%, in my opinion, for example, or 50% or 3%, you're very aware that you're not a victim anymore. So if my, our issues was, for example, that I felt that I was unheard and emotionally or financially or, you know, disrespected per se. Um, and, you know, when you go into a situation and you're bitter and you, you start shaming the other person and, well, I left you because you don't hear me and, and you do your own healing. And I realized I had through therapy that I had married my father, someone who loved me and was able to tell me every day, but I didn't feel loved and that I, I was never heard or understood. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is why I married him. It gives you back a lot of that ownership that turns that victimization and that anger into, wow, this is, I mean, this is my choice. I married him. I stayed 17 years. Um, and then it allows you also to look at what your part was and how he was very unhappy too and how I didn't prioritize them either. So it brings a lot of compassion to both. And for my ex-husband, which was amazing, was that as I started doing EMDR therapy, um, he had recommended to do a couples therapy called EFT, uh, Emotionally Focused Therapy, Leanne. And through that, he realized what his mistakes were and how I had been telling him for years and years, I don't feel this way and I need this and I need that. And, and he totally took me for granted. And you're not going to believe it, but even though I was the one who called it quits and I had left him for someone else, um, he came to me maybe like a few weeks after saying, Karen, I take full ownership of the breakup. I let you down. I let the kids down. You told me how you felt repeatedly. So, you know, I think it, you know, going to therapy and being incredibly aware of your wounds and how they came to play in your marriage uh, just gives you so much empathy and an understanding and takes away that anger. And, uh, and we both said, listen, we, we fucked up. How can we make this the best thing we can for our children? And that's what we did. And eight years later, um, I married the guy I left them for. I had a child pretty soon after. Uh, I was 40 and we both wanted a third and it sort of happened a bit sooner than we wanted. And my ex became the godfather because he's just all over that baby. And he's an extremely active co-parent of hers. Now in the work that you do, just can you describe for us your typical client? Yes, my, my typical client is a divorced female um, in their 40s. Um, and, you know, I have half of my clients are three year post divorce and, uh, you know, took the time to um, f go through the worst as we, as we talked to. And now we're in the planning stage and in the healing stage. And I have several clients as well who are just very recent in the divorce. And my role is to help them identify their wounds and the areas of healing so that they can learn as much as they can from their divorce and they can make sure it never happens again. And uh, actually the first component is starts with the vision and the dream. And what do they want for themselves financially, professionally, uh, relationship, uh, parenting, 
what are their goals, what are their uh, drivers, who are they, what are their criteria for living, what, who, who are they, and then what's, what's, what's holding them back, what's keeping them stuck. And so we go into um, what I believe most of us have, which is despite of our childhood, whether it was a great childhood or not, we, we come to any relationship with wounds, with, any, with feelings of not being good enough, feelings of not being lovable enough. Um, you know, as children, and we want to have attention, affection, and acknowledgement. And despite of how we grew up, and I believe that trauma is one of the biggest equalizers, is that if our parents work too much, like it was my case, and I didn't feel like I was good enough, I'm bringing that into the workplace. I'm bringing that into my marriage. I'm bringing that into the relationship. So what happened that they chose their previous ex-spouse? What happened in the relationship? And so we generally have a few sessions. Um, I work in an hour and a half, two hour sessions to really unfold the whole past and try to figure out what those blockages are. Um, in general and then in relationships because one of the goals of divorce especially if the person was the initiator is not just to divorce is to be happy is to find yourself is to find love again is to find who you are and so I firmly believe that is through deep healing that you can get there and so that's that's my work is the when you go through the different stages of divorce so be- before divorce when you're thinking about it during divorce, uh, when you're, you know, kind of in the height of the, the legal stuff, and then the aftermath, um, are there different aspects to the healing in each stage? Um, or is it just kind of like a natural process that people, you know, naturally go through as they're going through before, during and after? Good question. I feel that in an ideal world and what helped me was that I was very heavy on the healing before the breakup. And a lot of people um, now ask me, it's like, how did you know this person was the one? Or how did you have the courage to end a 17 year marriage with a good man for someone that could have panned out or not? Um, I give credit to the healing prior to. So that was like four years of therapy. Um, trying to make sure that when it happened, you're 100% sure that this is right for you because you've looked at everything because you've completely self-aware. And then during the immediate breakup, I highly recommend a focus on healing because you are angry, you are in pain, you're grieving. And to have a professional that can listen, to have an objective person that can help you navigate the pain and point things out for you and heal was extremely uh, therapeutic. And then what really helped me after was then having a self-care practice through the fallout of the divorce or and, and the legals and the kind of going through the sale of the house and all the stressful things that happened that it's, it's a long journey of grieving. Um, I heavily relied on yoga, on, on friendships, on self-care, on exercise. Uh, I highly recommend good nutrition, eating properly. It has a significant impact on mental health and your mood. Um, so in terms of the question, I think healing is very heavy 
prior to and immediately after for about six months to 12 months if you can afford it. And then after that, it's, it's going to your spirituality, uh, yoga, centeredness. You know, I even had a session with an astrologer who, you know, I've never had before, but I think that when you're in pain, anything helps. And it was amazing because she sort of said, you know, you're in the right path. You're facing a midlife crisis. You're going through your life, figuring out what works and what no longer works. So anything you can do that is self-care, I highly recommend, including a glass of wine here and there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, in your bio, um, I mentioned some of the different modalities that you use. And, um, you know, some of my listeners, I'm sure, are not familiar with some of them. Um, so can you maybe expand on some of these things and, and what they are? Yes, Leanne. So um, most people know, the, you know, talk therapy, psychotherapy. Um, that is the act of talking to someone and trying to bring what's not conscious to the conscious. So, oh, wow, I married him because of that. And, and increasing awareness, which is the first step of the healing process. You know, the first step is being ready. But when you're ready, starting to bring awareness to why we do the things we do and why don't why can we do the things we want to do uh, in talk therapy is amazing. Then being aware of your triggers and aware of your wounds and aware of why you do the things you do is one step. But actually healing takes a lot more work, which um it has been proven that to heal, you have to feel. So if you have a really good therapist that allows you to bring awareness to your issues and actually cry and feel the pain and feel how sad it was to be aid and be ignored or abandoned emotionally or whatever you went through and you can heal it and feel it, that's great. But most of us are uh, experts at repression, experts at not wanting to heal, experts at forgetting all of the sad things that has happened to us, that then there are therapies that allow us to marry the cognitive awareness of, okay, I have issues with abandonment or I have issues with control uh, with what actually happened on the emotional side. And one of those therapies is called EMDR, which is eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing that allows you to, instead of going to talk therapy where you just talk and talk and talk and talk, you have identified the negative belief that you're there for. So my parents worked a lot. And by working, I felt like I wasn't worthy, for example. I wasn't worthy of attention. I wasn't worthy of love. And I go into that therapy session feeling like I'm not worthy and they bilaterally stimulate your eyesight. And for some reason, it has been statistically proven in a lot of research for the past 30 years, it helps you go back to when you were six and eight and remember that pain, uh, cry it, feel it, and then reprocess it. And in the reprocessing side, you go back and say, okay, Karen, you're 45 years old now. You're very successful. You you, you've been able, you survived all this. What could you tell that six-year-old who is sick and the parents never came to see? And I speak to that little girl and I tell her how great she is and you heal. And it's amazing. Uh, statistics have proved that 70% of the chances it helps and you're healed. Like that's no longer an issue for you. And so I've used this therapy to heal a lot of different components of my life. 
Um, and it could be very small things. Like I used to get upset when my ex-husband came home and didn't greet the children right away and went and got ready for half an hour. And I'd become very agitated and very upset. And then I did an EMDR session and I realized that I was upset at my dad who did that to me when I was little and had nothing to do with my ex-husband. And I stopped making it an issue completely. Like he would come home from work and I'd be like, okay, take your time, take your suit off, come down when you can. And so it's amazing. And with that, there's a somatic experiencing um, where it kind of addresses the same thing, but with the body. So it asks you to feel, where, where are you feeling that stress? I'm not worthy. Well, I feel it in my chest. And it sort of goes deeper. And there's a lot of research by Peter Levine that it works as well. And my last two episodes in the podcast are about more aggressive ways of remembering, which is hypnosis, which I'm sure most people have heard about, where you go back and relive and not relive, you see what happened to you in the preverbal stage. Uh, so I, for example, have a lot of clients who had a perfect childhood and had great parents. They never divorced, great vacations, loving parents. They can't remember being bullied by their older siblings, no teachers, no, but they have very, very hard anxiety or, or, or negative self-beliefs. And it's probably something that happened in the nonverbal state. So remembering back and seeing you there and healing it in very similar ways, as I explained with the EMDR, has also proven to be amazing. And uh, my last episode actually is on psychedelics and ayahuasca ceremonies so that people go to Costa Rica and Mexico and Colombia to do, or Amsterdam, like one of my um, previous guests, where you take um, uh, mushrooms or some um, uh, potion and you see it all and you feel it all and you heal it all and now there's a, a huge movement to try to commercialize and legalize this in, in, in America and all over the world because there's such a high stake on depression you know antidepressants are two billion dollars in revenues um, and there's ways of healing the root cause of why we feel depressed and why we feel anxious and why we're stuck and why are we meeting the same person again and again. So my goal is to talk about and demystify therapy and talk about all these healing modalities and talk to people who have healed and try to inspire people to heal on their own or with help or with a therapist. And part of what I do in my coaching sessions is to actually um, match you with the right therapist and the right modality based on what you need. So I take the time to contact people, interview them, set them up. I'm there for you after your sessions to make sure you like them and, you know, and integrate it and bring it back to our objectives. And it's part of what I do. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and I know like myself, when I went through my own, um, you know, sort of healing journey from um, my divorce and just some other things in, in my life, um, one of the lessons I learned was to be open-minded um, in terms of trying things. And, uh, you know, some of the things you described, um, like the, uh, the, the eye movement one, I, which I guess is the, is that's EMR. EMDR. Yeah. That one, I, like, uh, that was one of the things I did and I tried hypnosis and I did different things. And, you know, sometimes people say to me, like what ultimately, helped you. And I really feel it was like a combination of 
really being open to trying a bunch of different things. And it's, you know, some, at some point things really, you know, started gelling or working for me and it really turned things around, but it's, I can't point to one, you know, I did talk therapy as well, but I found being open to these other modalities really helped as well. And so I think people often they're closed-minded about things that, you know, they don't know much about or that don't seem as common. Everyone knows about talk therapy, but they don't know about some of these other things. And so it can be helpful just to be really open-minded to things. Absolutely. And I'm learning a ton as I do the podcast and I'm getting ready to do my first hypnosis in a week and I'm freaking out because it's like, oh my God, you know, what do you find out something that you're not ready to know or deal with? And um, absolutely. And what works for me might not work for you. And I have a client who's super excited to, you know, she's got a bit more experience with, with mushrooms and things that I've never tried. So she's excited to go and do an ayahuasca ceremony. And I, I, I could never do that, you know, so it, you know, different folks, different strokes and, as long as you're, and congratulations, I'm very glad to hear that and your healing journey and a bit of everything works. I have in the podcast, uh, Spiritual Healers. And I have to tell you, I I was, my yoga instructor said, oh, this guy's here from LA, he's amazing. He's the son of the, you know, uh, Yogananda who brought yoga to the United States, you know. And um, even though I had very, you know, cognitive therapy, and and I'm like, sure, it doesn't hurt. And Leanne, I had a session with him, and he's one of my episodes, I think episode 18, where um, in half an hour, he had me in tears, and he made me do massive changes in my life, because he just brought into my awareness things that I hadn't been aware of, and he was a spiritual healer. So, um, you know, uh, different things uh, for different people, and uh, I completely agree that healing is a journey and it takes different modalities. Yoga is extremely therapeutic, therapeutic for me as well. Now, can someone begin, um, like when someone's in the throes of their divorce, sort of at the, you know, they're, they're in the legal process and things are high conflict, say, can someone actually begin the healing journey during that period of time or do they have to kind of be out the other end of the pro the, the conflict like the the legal part of it in some respects before they can really begin to heal very good question what i advise people is to when i have um, clients or friends that are thinking of getting divorced i highly recommend the healing before the legal because a lot of the times you go into the legal feeling so angry and so bitter and so, or so guilty in my case, I felt so guilty for having left my, my husband and that you make the process longer and you bring a lot of grief and bring you lawyers, a lot of things that you necessarily don't need to hear or deal with. Um, but if you're already in the legal process, I, I say that it's extremely valuable as long as you're aware that you have not experienced a lot of trauma because trauma is, um, has been identified here in the United States by, by a large organization as, you know, anything that happened to you that was distressful. And that can be, you know, it's called, you know, like you mentioned, divorce is traumatic. Uh, being emotionally um, abused is traumatic. Um, if you've had some heavy trauma, 
you know, you are not going to be in the best shape to start negotiating your settlement agreement. But if it's, you know, normal anger and grief, I highly recommend it because it grounds you. It gives you someone else to talk to, to process with. It brings you to the negotiation, negotiating table in a very different capacity. How does someone know if they've healed? Well, you know, if you are healing, I, I, I don't believe... Uh, unless you truly had an amazing childhood with no negative beliefs at all. Uh, you know, it's hard to be completely healed. There are parts of you and wounds that you can heal. And you know you're healed when you're not getting triggered by the same thing again. You know you're healed when you can talk about it without crying. Like there's a lot of things that I talk about in, in my podcast and a lot of things I admit that, you know, make other people cry, but it doesn't make me sad anymore because I've processed it. I've cried it. It is amazing to heal when you feel that you're not defensive anymore when someone mentions something and when you are making the right choices for you, when you're not codependent anymore, when you're not going out of your way to give others more than they give to you, when you're making the right choices with your partners, when you feel worthy of love, when you feel when someone tells you you're beautiful and you believe it, when you, I mean, the benefits of healing, Leanne, is the highest return on investment. And healing is expensive, but so so are lawyers, so are things. And it's, it's the returns on investment, you know, the, the payout that you get forever, it's amazing. And so I've lived it so closely that I'm, you know, I'm on a mission to, um, to spread the word that, that it is completely worth it. It's hard, but it's worth it. What are some of the biggest obstacles to healing for most people? or for many people? The biggest obstacle is uh, being ready or wanting to do it and feeling, you know, having the fear of doing it. You know, I think that, uh, and I mean, I, it, I see it all the, all the time and uh, I see it with some of my clients and I see it with me. I mean, I'm here, I've done so much healing. I am the host of the healing podcast and I know there's a few issues that I wanted to heal and uh, it required something more serious like hypnosis and I dragged my feet for two years, um, kind of not wanting to do it. Because, um, it, you know, it's like going to the dentist. It's like, um, you know, you know you're going to feel better. You know your teeth are going <laughs> to be beautiful. You know you're not going to be in pain. Uh, you know you won't need that Advil or that glass of wine. But it's not fun. So, so it's hard work and a lot of people, you know, they're maybe not ready or they don't want to have to go through the discomfort, I guess, of going through it. Yes. Yes. Now, as a lawyer, how can I um, help my clients in the healing process? I'm obviously not a, I'm not a therapist and I, you know, I don't have training in, you know, these different modalities. That's not my role, but, you know, because I generally am dealing with people in high stress situations who, you know, have gone through trauma quite often and, and whatnot, what's, what are the best things I can do to, to assist my clients to help with their healing? Great question. Leanne, if I were you, I would grab a list of resources that I would have in hand and I can share mine with you of a list of books, healing books and healing. That'd after, be great. Healing after marriage. Sorry. Healing after divorce books. Um, I would have a really good list of therapists that you've heard, you know, every client that you've ever had or you start having is like, hey, who helped you heal? 
why was that therapist good? What, what did you like about it? And have a list of referrals, uh, a list of really good coaches, someone like myself that would hold their hand and sort of help them heal and identify what needs healing and make sure they're healing and integrate it to a plan where you incorporate mindset and positivity and skills because that's really important too. But if you're only a mindset coach and you're all say, okay, let's be positive and let's think this way and let's get excited about this amazing man you can enhance, it works only so far. Because if you have some serious negative self-beliefs that were there with you since you were a little girl and, and, and kind of hammered to you in the divorce, um, you know, it's you're going to have to take a lot of Advil every morning or we call it like, you know, talk to yourself every morning. I'm great. I'm beautiful. I'm capable. I'm worthy. And uh, if you heal that, you don't have to do that as much. So you, I think you need both. So really good coaches, uh, good therapists, um, good you know, I get a lot of discovery calls. And the first thing I do is give them a list of books and a list of podcasts, including mine. And depending on what they're trying to heal, I say, you know, episode A, B, C, D, and not just mine, other great podcasts out there. So they start their healing journey. So they come to you grounded and level-headed and ready to make the tough decisions. There's no hurry to get divorced ASAP, you know, of course, as as long as you have an agreement that's taking care of yourself. But if you need time, my ex and I had a lot of assets that needed to be broken up, like the valuation of my company. And obviously, there's a huge range in that. We had a beach house that needed to be break. So we did take a long time on the divorce. And because um, we focus on our healing and we focus on our friendship and we focus on co-parenting. And, you know, every time I brought up, are you ready to negotiate? He's like, no, I don't. I need a bit more time. And I would that paid off to me. I know that it's not the same for everyone, but when you focus on healing and you focus on your relationship, the the legals happen a lot easier. It, yeah, it, I would agree with that. I think when people, you know, unfortunately, often people aren't healed when they're going through the divorce process. But if they were, I think they'd make better decisions and things wouldn't end up being as prolonged or as hostile or conflict ridden as, as they often are. So I certainly agree with your advice on that. Um, now you've provided a lot of really helpful information and you've mentioned your podcast and whatnot. So where can um, listeners find you if they are interested in learning more about what you do or if they're interested in working with you? I would, um, I can be found at, on Instagram at healing with Karen It's healing without the G heal in with Karen on my website at healing.net. Um, again, healing without the G and, uh, anywhere podcasts are available, Apple podcast, Spotify, healing, the healing podcast, healing podcast. And, uh, yeah, the website is full of resources. If you, um, email me. I have a list of resources for divorce. Or if you're trying to make the decision whether to break up or not, it's like, how can you improve your marriage? And there's a list of books, podcast episodes, uh, influencers to follow um, to help you in that healing journey. Because my goal is to help you any way I can, whether it's on your own, here's the information, or you want someone to hold your hand and help you through it and do it a lot faster. I'm also available. That's wonderful. And you work with people all over, um, 
like all over the world or do you have like a specific, you know, area, region that you work in? No, all over the world. I have a client in France, a lot in Los Angeles. I'm in New York, but, you know, with COVID now and, and especially with Zoom, we do, you know, face-to-face Zooms and um, it's pretty intense at first. I do uh, three sessions once every week for an hour and a half to two hours and then we scale down because you're doing more of the healing with a therapist or someone else, depending on, on, on what needs to be healed. If it's something small that is mindset and something we can cover or you can feel it, then that's great. But a lot of what I do is to match you with the right therapist or the right spiritual healer or the right help for you. Well, thank you so much, Karen, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I think that you provided a lot of really helpful information to listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. And thank you to my listeners. Please tune in each week. Please like, subscribe, review, and join me here again next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help, that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm-hmm. for me. You know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to, you have, to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.